Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CP4 Wednesday, March 17th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. We have a busy day for you all, busy uh, podcast episode with free agency signing period starting at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. The Saints have made a few roster additions that JD and I will get into later in the show. But first up, we have Saints legend, former Saints quarterback Luke McCown joining us on the show today to talk about number nine, retiring and peek behind the curtain a little bit. Luke, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Luke is currently at Disneyland with his family, six kids. He was talking about it earlier. Luke, how do you do it? I mean, as an NFL quarterback, I'm sure you're used to managing a lot, but managing six children at Disney just seems like too tall of a task. Yeah, it, it is literally managing chaos all the time. And so it's not that much different than, you know, about a six or seven second uh, football play in an offense <laughs> where you have to bark out an order and then get everybody lined up, get going in the right direction. That's kind of how it is. Um, you know, some people call it herding cats or whatever. It's, it's, it's uh, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, my wife handles most of it. She's, uh, she's the literal saint. And, um, and so we've had a, a fantastic time here at Disney. We always do. You know, Luke, I was about to say that. See, Caroline said, how do you manage it? And I was about to tell her that the wife, I'm sure, is the actual head coach around the house because, you know, you guys have been playing football. So they've ha- had all, all things already structured. So you got to kind of go and fit in where you get in. Well, and that's you. You're exactly right, Johnny. You're a wise man. You must be married with kids because <laughs> you know that the wives have things structured how they want them. And so if I step in after playing football for 13 years, if I step in here and mess something up, things are going to go <laughs> real awry. So <laughs> I got I to gotta get with the game plan real quick. Yeah, when we were scheduling this interview, I asked Luke what time he could do, and he was like, well, we're at Disney. I got to check with my wife and our itinerary, so very smart man. Uh, Luke, let's go ahead and get into uh, number nine, Drew Brees, announcing his retirement earlier in the week, and and really just my initial question, Luke, everyone knows Drew Brees, uh, what comes with Drew Brees, the kind of man he is, the kind of player he is, but you were in the NFL for a little bit before joining Drew in New Orleans. How did his how did your perception of him change from before you played with him to then while you were playing with him well yeah so there's two things um in regards to that question uh first the player you 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 heard all kinds of things about the type of player that he was and 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 playing in the nfc south and and competing against drew actually my my you know one of the few wins that i have in the the starts in my career came against uh, the Saints in 2007 when I was a starter for the Bucks, and we won that game. And so it was the only time that Drew and I went, uh, excuse me, second time that Drew and I went head-to-head um, while playing. And uh, so um, you, you knew everything about the type of player that he was. The one thing that, that stood out to me, and I, I was on the, uh, doing a podcast just the other day with Lance Meadow, and he asked about uh, uh, Drew and and, and – uh, things that I thought about when I got to the Saints. And, uh, everybody knew his um, legendary accuracy with the football and what he could do with it uh, as far as placement and, and how he could throw it. And I was always confident of my abilities, right? I, I always felt good about, you know, I, there was a lot of things that maybe I couldn't do, but I could throw the football pretty well. And I felt really good about that. And, and Josh and I have 30 years in the NFL between us. And so we, we both felt pretty good about that. And I remember 
getting to the Saints and the first practice, kind of standing back, and I would always stand, you know, about five yards behind Drew in practice so that I would get mental reps. And I remember calling Josh after that first practice going, man, you know how they talk about his accuracy? And Josh said, yeah. I said, it's, it's not true at all. They're way off. It's so much better than they, than they say. It's unbelievable. And uh, I, I, I told him, I said, Josh, we can't do what he can do with a football, man. It's unbelievable. So, you know, you kind of knew all of those things coming into it. But um, uh, the, the real blessing is getting to be around that type of leader, that type of guy that, um, man, you think about what he did with the organization when he came in. Uh, and just his story, I put out a tweet the other day, this has been one of the greatest stories and careers of all times because San Diego, the shoulder, coming to New Orleans, Katrina, him and Sean, I mean, the whole nine, nine yards, right? And so uh, uh, a team that, that hadn't been in the playoffs, hadn't had a whole lot of success uh, until he and Sean get there. And then not only do they, they bring success, but they bring healing and restoration for a city that has gone through something so tragic and traumatic. And, uh, and, and that's the, the type of man that Drew is. And you get to know that about him, that he dives headlong into everything that he does. Uh, and he gives his full attention to everything that he um, believes in and is passionate about. He leaves no stone unturned and he wants to be the best at all of it. And, and for four years, I got to see that firsthand. And, it impacted the way that I approached football, certainly. It impacted the way that I approached business and, in fact, the way I, I approached life. Luke, you mentioned you played 13 years. Drew stretched it out another set. Went um, and you, was, you saw some of the behind-the-scenes things with him with four seasons. How taxing is that physically on a body to play 20 NFL seasons? It's it's. it's 10 times what you might even imagine it might be. I mean, it's so much more than you could, you could possibly imagine. Um, you know, I dealt with, with two ACLs. I tore my ACL in 2000, my right ACL in 2006, and then again in 2010. And then I ruptured a disc in my back in 2015 um, after I, I started the game in Carolina and then about midway through the season, ruptured a disc in my back and played again in 2016. It was my last year, my last official year. And I, I, I remember, uh, and I was 37 years old at the time, I remember going, man, um, I don't know that I can, that I can do this again. Uh, my body just didn't recover the same way. Uh, I felt pretty strong coming back from the ACLs. I was younger um, and, and certainly earlier in my career. And, and they weren't as uh, serious in nature necessarily as the back injury, but the back injury was less invasive. Uh, it was less, um, it wasn't as strenuous of rehab. And so uh, getting to the end, end of that rehab and coming into the season in 2016, I, I could tell that there was a difference in how I recovered. And uh, not, honestly, not being real sure if I would, physically return to what I thought I could be. And so to watch Drew um, endure the things that he did, and, and not only that, but knowing what he had to go through and how hard he had to train to get ready uh, to play a season and then broken ribs, 
torn ligaments in a thumb, uh, torn plantar, plantar fascia in his foot, uh, things going on with his shoulder, understanding all these things and realizing it's, it's literally a, I mean, he, he, he'll have an hour and a half practice. He'll have four hours of meetings every day, but then he'll have probably another four hours of just maintenance work on his body just to be ready to play on Sunday per day. And uh, that can be mentally taxing as well as physically because you want to be at the height of your physical abilities. But it just, you know, when you get 40 years old, it's just not there. And so um, that says as much to the, the heart and the passion that he played with and the, how extremely mentally tough he was as anything to be able to, to know I've got to do this just to be ready to practice. I've got to, I've got to go through dry needling and uh, different massages, different, different uh, therapies and different modalities just to be ready to practice, much less get to Sunday. So it's amazing what he's been able to do for 20 years. The Iron Man that he's been for 20 years, it's, it's unfathomable. Luke, when you think about Drew, is there a singular game or singular season, or is it just the totality of it all that you remember the most? Well, I think it's the totality of it all. I mean, you, you think about this. And I, I, as a quarterback, having played the position, uh, realizing that, and this is why, you know, John, we, of course, everybody wants to talk, like, where does he fall on the list, right? Where does he, where's he at the greatest of all times and, and things like that? And I love Pat Mahomes. He's an East Texas kid. Uh, you know, I think he's a great. I think he'll be an all-time great, all that good stuff. But all-time greatness comes with longevity, and it comes with a body of work that has to span a long time. And when you look at what Drew did, right, 20 years, um, he's going to be in, in uh, probably top five in career games played, uh, top five in uh, or ten at least in career wins, regular season wins, Top 10 and probably playoff wins, I think. I'm not sure on that number. And then number one or two in every other statistical category that there is that matters. And so he's got wins. He's got a Super Bowl win. The only thing that's missing on his resume is a league MVP, which you could argue, man, he was right there in 18 when Pat Mahomes won it. Um, and and maybe had they had the, the, the few things that happened in the playoffs in consecutive years not happen, he maybe wins that. Uh, award later on and so um, it's just it, I think you got to look at, at what he did as a totality I mean 5,000 yard seasons right for a quarterback he's got five of them nobody else has more than one of anybody that's ever played that's remarkable it's yeah. crazy to think about that um, and so I really do believe John that, that when you look at his career over the course of 20 years and what he came back from and 11 anchors in a dislocated, torn up shoulder, um, and, and what he, how he defied the odds that way. He's the, in my opinion, and I, I feel like it's an expert opinion, he's the best to ever throw a football. That doesn't mean he's the best player. That doesn't mean he's the, you know, Tom Brady's won seven rings. It's incredible. Drew Brees is the best guy to ever pick up a ball in his right hand and throw it. Nobody's ever done it better than him. Hey, Luke, is, is he the most driven teammate you've had? I know you said you played with him four years, and 
you know, we've, we've heard about his maniacal approach to everything pretty much. We've seen some of it because, you know, you watch those quarterback challenges and he don't want to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I always get the feeling, I used to always get the feeling that Drew would structure those in such a way of quarterback challenges. But that's neither here nor there. That's exactly right. <laughs> is, is he mo- one of the most maniacal, maniacal teammates you've ever seen? One of the most driven teammates you've seen? There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And I played with guys. I played with Derek Brooks in Tampa, same way. Had this mentality of uh, ultra competitive, never giving up. Um, you know, wanted to, if it was a friendly competition, wanting to bend the rules so that it benefited him, right? That type of deal. Um, <laughs> but but it, the, the uniqueness of Drew is that, and if you know him and you know how, how he grew up, wanting to be a triathlete. He wanted to be the best at everything that he did, baseball, tennis, basketball, uh, cross country, track and field, football. And, and so it didn't just stop with football. It was everything that he did. Now it's, now it's um, his various business aspects. Now it's going to be his uh, NBC position <laughs> and the things that, that he'll bring to the table there and his, his will to um, – to be the best and it's funny I was talking to my kids today about willpower and Drew's um, embodies the you know um, the intangible that willpower is Drew embodies that to the nth degree willpower to get on Space Mountain that's what it is Luke Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, well you know on that same on those same lines when you talk about the competitive competitiveness of Drew and I don't want to open up any old wounds here but you know you got to Drew a few years after that Super Bowl win and you know every year just trying to get back to that and getting back and just seeing him you know year after year trying to get there and him walking out of course not on the foot that he wanted to walk out on you're the only one who can kind of give us that peek behind the curtain on just how competitive, how driven Drew was to get back and win another Super Bowl for the New Orleans Saints and for the city of New Orleans. Can you just speak to, um, you know, what he was like in those meetings, what he was like just overall? We know he's a big competitor. We know he is that guy, but just how much he wanted to get back and win another Super Bowl for this team. Yeah, I think, I think. listen, I mean, I, I really do. He wanted to win one for him, obviously, just – just because he wants to win. He wanted to win one for Sean. I think more probably than both of those two things combined, he wanted to win one for the city of New Orleans again. Um, I think uh, as, as all the great players do when, when, when things happen and, and he, after the Minnesota miracle, he texted me and said, man, have you ever seen anything like that before in your life? (laughs) And so I'm, I'm just encouraging him like, man, Hey, Y'all play great. You're right there. You'll be there again next year. Your roster's ready for it. And and the only thing that he could think about was, man, because I, I, I've still got text messages. If I'd have hit this throw, we're, we win that game. If I'd have done this, we win that game. And so it always rested on his shoulders. He felt that way. And the great players always feel that way. Yeah. They always feel like, man, what else can I do to take us to the next level? And I think going back 20 years, in 2006, and to, to, to take that city from where it had been the, the previous year with Katrina, he always wanted to take that city to the next level. He wanted to give it one more uh, thing to be proud of, one, one more thing to hang its hat on. And so looking at um, 
at the whole of it, uh, you know, for Drew, it, it wasn't necessarily about, man, I need one more ring on my resume. It was, man, I'm, I'm driven because this city has poured out its heart to me and loves me, and, and I'm going to love it back, and this is how I love it back. You know, we, we were joking with you before the interview began about, you know, home life and how the wife is actually the head coach at the house and everything. And, and, and so now I think about Drew and, you know, he's got the, he's got the four kids and, you know, I don't know how well, you know, Brittany Breeze, but, you know, for a quarterback to play 20 years and to be as driven as, as he has been, you know, do we have a full appreciation, I guess, of, of the wife that is role play of the oh, yeah. that wife plays in that? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, uh, behind every uh, great man, there's a, there's a greater woman, right? And so uh, the the partnership that Drew and Brittany have been in the NFL, right, and in this career, I promise you, Drew will tell you, she's been the driving force. They, listen, I mean, Drew's the most mentally tough guy I've ever been around. He's an incredible leader. But we're all human, and so I can't imagine the, the doubts and things that sometimes creep in. And uh, Brittany's very competitive herself. <laughs> and, and Brittany uh, it, it very much um, wants to be the best mother that she can be, wants to be the best supportive wife that she can be to Drew. And, and so um, I can imagine there being conversations at home that, hey, you can do this. You got this one. I believe in you. Your kids believe in you. I know you want to, you know, maybe think about um, uh, the kids growing up. Hey, hey, I've got this. If you want to go play one more year, I've got this. We're taking care of it at home. So uh, immerse yourself in that locker room again. Uh, and, and for that goal in that city, one more year. And and that's what, I mean, I remember having conversations with my wife uh, in, the, in the last two years of my career going, I don't know, I don't know. She's saying, listen, if you want to play one more year, go for it. We're taking care of it. I've got this at home. And, uh, and uh, I, I know uh, Brittany has, has been a huge support, especially the last two years with the injuries and some of the things that Drew's dealt with in allowing him to continue um, uh, to play for that city. Hey, Luke, have you, have you contacted him or spoken to him since he announced the retirement? And, and if so, you know, what did you say? And if not, what would you like to say? Yeah, no, we, we've, we've talked a little bit uh, since he announced it, and I just, you know, I told him how, how uh, much of an honor it was and a pleasure it was for me uh, to have uh, just gotten to be around him. Uh, uh, I, I admire him so much more than just a football player. Man, he's, he's one of my dear friends. Um, our kids are a lot, uh, you know, in a lot of the same stages of life. And so, um, you know, understanding the challenge, and listen, I was a, <laughs> I was a, I was a backup, so I didn't have the, some of the social, um, or, you know, or, or more, more public challenges that he has in, um, in speaking engagements and, and just different things pulling at him the same way. Um, and so, uh, but I, I know how, how much he wants to be involved in his kids' lives. And so we talked about that and, uh, and we talk about uh, how important our jobs are, more important our jobs are as dads and as parents to our kids than ever it was about football. And so, uh, but it was an honor to, to be able to, to grow for four years together in that aspect as, as players pursuing a goal, as parents pursuing being the best parent that we can be. And, 
it was an honor to play uh, with a guy that, that uh, takes that uh, position so seriously as a father and a football player and juggles it so well as he did. So, um, and then I, I told him that, uh, that, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't just an honor to, uh, to, to play with him, but to learn from him, you know, all the things that I, uh, that I walked away with understanding better about how to pursue, um, you know, aspirations and dreams and business and everything else uh, from just from watching him play football and watching how he approached it and how he worked at it. Well, as one of those six hands uh, tap you on the shoulder there, we'll let you go on with your Disneyland obligations, Luke. Real quick, best food and best ride at, at Disneyland, in your opinion. Oh, man. Listen, so I've been a soaring fan at Epcot for a long time, but we went over to Animal Kingdom yesterday and did Avatar. It's amazing. The new ride, Avatar, it's, un it's incredible. It'll blow your mind. All right. Well, Luke, we'll let you get on with your kids. Thanks so much for joining us, giving us a peek behind the curtain on Drew Brees. We appreciate your time. Hey, as always, John and Caroline, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Luke. We appreciate it. Well, the New Orleans Saints will look to turn the page uh, on Drew Brees. Thanks again to Luke for joining us on the show today. J.D., before I let you go, uh, free agency signing period starting on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Uh, we've seen a lot of free agency buzz since Wednesday. We're kind of in that, um, or since Monday, excuse me, we're kind of in that window of time where players and teams can legally negotiate with one another. Uh, just to run through real quick, um, the Saints have agreed to a one-year contract with Jameis Winston, who will join Taysom Hill and compete for the starting quarterback role this season. The Saints have terminated the contract of wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders and linebacker Quan Alexander. And finally, they signed offensive lineman James Hurst to a three-year deal. So let's start with that first one, J.D. The Saints agreeing to a one-year contract with Jameis Winston. Uh, Sean Payton went and said that him and Taysom Hill are going to have to compete for that starting quarterback role this year. Uh, what are your expectations for that competition? Something that we, we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, we haven't seen it since, you know, 2005. Drew Brees came <laughs> 2006, and I guess there really hadn't been quarterback competition is probably since before 2005 but you know you you expect a, a real robust competition because there wasn't that opportunity last year for Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill to really battle it out for the backup job behind Drew Brees. Uh, Jameis Winston signed with the Saints but there was no no true offseason program. Right. Uh, there were no mini camps and so those were hundreds or thousands of reps that neither one of those guys got an opportunity to take. Now, Taysom Hill, who had already been in the offense before, probably didn't need him nearly as much as Jameis Winston did. And that's why when Drew Brees got injured during the season, it made more sense for Taysom Hill to take over at quarterback because the Saints coaching staff had had the exposure to him. They had an opportunity to structure an offense that they believed that he could, could function well in, and they didn't have that opportunity with Jameis Winston. So now, when you start kind of from the ground up and you get both of those guys equal reps, equal opportunities, equal throws, you know, those kinds of things, I think it will be a really, really good competition and it will push both of them to be better. Well, I know this isn't necessarily the case, but it really does feel like an entire new team with Drew Brees making his exit. But um, what in your mind right now over the next few weeks maybe what are some of the biggest positions the Saints are going to be keeping an eye on going towards the 2021 season well losing Trey Hendrickson in free agency didn't help much I guess you know yeah. so they'll probably look for some defensive line depth um, maybe they'll do that in the draft or 
you know, maybe they'll get a veteran in, in free agency. I certainly believe uh, that they might not be done at the quarterback position because there's really only two guys on the roster now in Taysom Hill and Jameis and James Winston. So they might look to add some depth there, whether that's going to be a veteran, whether that's going to be a rookie again, can't really say. You expect there might be some activity at tight end because both tight ends were released, Josh Hill and um, also Jared Cook. Adam Troutman, the rookie last year, steps in and steps up, but there isn't a whole lot of knowledge about the players who will be in that capacity beyond Adam Troutman, whether it's going to be Garrett Griffin or maybe they're going to have to bring in a veteran presence there. So, you know, those are some of the areas I think that they will will look to address. You can always use uh, some some secondary help. Um, Janoris Jenkins, no longer a Saint. He's already signed with another team. So the Saints might need some help at cornerback, especially if they want to have a veteran a lined up opposite or, you know, alongside of uh, Marshawn Lattimore at one cornerback and have another veteran at the other one, you'd have to do that in a free agency. So I think there are some spots that they might be able to do some things in now, you know, whether or not they're going to be able to, you know, they won't be able to break the bank financially, obviously, because the Saints had to make a lot of maneuvers to get in the position to where they got under the salary cap and were able to sign a James Winston and yeah. to, to re-sign a, a James Hurst and re-sign a Dwayne Washington or JT Gray. So there were a lot of moves that had to be made there. So they won't be able to break the bank there, but nobody in the, very few teams in the NFL will be able to, to break the bank. And the Saints offer us something else beyond you know deep pockets. The Saints offer something uh, that a lot of teams might not be able to offer in free agency. And that is an immediate opportunity to win. Mm. Uh, Saints kept their core together. Now, Drew Brees retired, obviously. Um, you lose some guys in free agency, but the core players, the Ryan Ramchicks and the Marshawn Lattimore's, the Alvin Kamara's, the Michael Thomas's, um, the- He's named basically the 2017 draft class right there. Yeah, yeah the Eric McCoy's and, you know, the Demario Davis's, uh, you know, Marcus Williams is a franchise player. He'll be back. All of those guys return. That is a core of a winning team. And you can present that to a free agent and he can say, you know what? I can go there and have an immediate chance to make an impact and to win. And if you structure, structure the contract properly, uh, maybe not get, you know, maybe not break the bank this year, but certainly next year when the salary cap goes back up, you know, there's an opportunity to cash in financially. Well, those are the position groups, JD, for those of us who um, maybe not, maybe aren't as familiar with the way things are going to work um, this season. Are there any differences in this year's NFL offseason with, you know, COVID-19 and all of that stuff? Or what should we expect really over the next maybe two weeks? You know, I think we're pretty much playing it by ear. I mean, I don't know if the NFL has said, you know, okay, we're going to go back to business as usual because, right. you know, there are vaccina- vaccinations being distributed across the country. So I don't know if they feel comfortable enough to say, you know, things will go back to business as usual now. I do believe there will be off-season programs because, you know, they went through the whole process last year of figuring out how to keep players safe, how to keep them tested. And again, the vaccinations are being rolled out. So I think the players will get back to a sense of normalcy. The rest of us, I don't know how (laughs) it will be for us in terms of covering the team and seeing them at practice and seeing them at mini camps and OTAs. I don't know how that's going to be structured you know, I can't remember the last time we were in a locker room to see players at their locker. I don't know how all those things are going to go, but I do believe the league will try to get back to business as usual in terms of being on the field and OTAs and mini camps and those things. 
I've thrown away all my visors, JD. I will not be outside in the tennis skirt and visors anymore. That's, it's, it's in the past, okay? We're moving on to hats, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah, you never, never get rid of your stuff until it don't fit no more. Uh, wiser words have never been spoken. All <laughs> right, JD. Well, we will let you go. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for our interview with Luke and, of course, giving us the insight as we approach free agency, all that jazz. Um, and you'll have us covered on NewOrleansSaints.com, right? Uh, yeah, that all that train always keeps running and keeps running. It won't stop. So we'll be doing that along with everything else uh, that we that we are fortunate enough to do. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing exactly what 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 tumbles out in free agency. Again, I don't know if the Saints will be big players. Um, they had to, had to, you know, whittle so much salary down because of what happened with COVID-19 last year and because the salary cap dropped so drastically for a team that you know, has been able to structure everything and be able to build toward the future and, you know, kind of, you know, kick the can down the road, so to speak. And so I don't know. And in fact, uh, General Manager Mickey Loomis, you know, pretty much said, look, this will not be an active, active team in free agency because they're one of the have-nots when it comes, you know, to having that salary cap space and, and, and you know, and those kinds of things. But, you know, the Saints are the Saints, man. They always do something every year that, you're, you know, you, you're kind of looking at this hand and they got this hand over here working and they'll pull off something that's like, well, wait, who knew they were trying to get to Mario Davis? Right. Well, on, where did Jack Rabbit Jenkins come from? You know, those kinds of things happen with this team. So, you know, don't be surprised if they pull some rabbit out of some hat and they're able to get somebody. Well, if you want to see those rabbits being pulled out of the hat, make sure you're downloading the Saints app, turn on those notifications, be notified of everything going on with the 